And uh, welcome everybody to another episode of the Rob the Genius Podcast. We are in May already. Time's flying again. <laughs> but um, this episode, what do we have? Um, fortunately, this one's a little melancholy. Um, we got some. Talk about guns. Talk about killing. But uh, we also have some absurd talk about dating. <laughs> I guess that, maybe that evens it out a bit. I don't know. But um, and 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 the, the, my misadventure going to one of these newfangled restaurants. I'm gonna lead off with that. But um, yeah, happy happy May, everybody. <laughs> Look, I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm going to hold you guys before I get into the meat of things here. But um, I'm going to shamelessly plug a few things first. Um, I was on the Earnestly Speaking podcast with my man Ernest. And we talked about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Talked about my journey as a fan of both the New York Knicks and the Washington Commanders. And um, we talked a little wrestling too. So please, uh, if if you are not familiar with Ernest, Ernest was here uh, a few months ago. So go check that out. Earnestly speaking, we had a good time. Me and Ernest always do. Go check that out, and uh, also check out the Mindless Wrestling podcast with me, DJ, and Jason. Uh, we did two episodes last week. Uh, we did one where. DJ and I talked about the uh, WWE draft and another one where three of us talked about WWE backlash, the show that was in Puerto Rico this past weekend. Great show. And um, so do go check me out there. Um, And I wrote a thing a little over a week ago about uh, Trinity Tefatu, who was also formerly known as Naomi in WWE and her move to Impact Wrestling. And that's at my website, robsagenius.com. So, go check that out. <laughs> anyway, all right, let's get into it here. Um, got a lot to get through, and I'm not trying to tie you guys up for an hour and a half listening to me. So, we all have our limits, I know. <laughs> but anyway, all right, let's get to it. Well, got a new misadventure here. It's Saturday night. And I had the brilliant idea to go sit down and have dinner at a restaurant. I had the even more brilliant idea to go to some place, you know, that's off the beaten path. And by off the beaten path, I mean just like not the usual, you know, chain restaurant or whatever. So there's some place, there's this place nearby, which it's a newish kind of restaurant. It's, they got a few locations, but it's not like a big chain or anything. So, okay, I'll give that a try. So I go in, hey, okay, uh, one, I'd like to eat here. And they tell you, okay, well, you go sit at the table, and you, you order from the table, and you scan the thing. And, and so it, it had this, um, you sit down, and the menu, you, you scan this barcode thing with your phone, right? And that brings up the menu. It's supposed to bring up the menu. So I've scanned the barcode thing on my phone and brought up this thing, and I got a, um, And it triggered the fraud um, device, the fraud service on my bank account. And and I don't know what the hell is going on. I mean, this is ridiculous. This is this new age bullshit. So I had to get on the phone with the fraud department on Saturday night and tell them that, okay, well, this these charges were good and this one here is I don't know what the hell that is so thankfully they did not they you know I got my card unblocked because they were going to block they blocked it you know because they fraudulent look like fraudulent charges and so I promptly left the place I did not eat there I did not pass go I did not collect $200 I got the hell out of there because it's, it's bullshit I ain't even, I mean look 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 okay I know I'm, I'm a little old now but this 
high-tech bullshit. It's, it's a little, yeah, y'all doing a little too much with this. All right. Hand me a damn menu next. I want I want to go, when I go to the restaurant, I want to be handed a paper menu. I want to sit at the table, and I want to look, I want to read the menu, and then I want, you know, the, the server to come over and ask me what I want, and I want to tell it to them. That's what I want. Okay, I'm not, I mean, good grief. I mean, what, what in the hell? That's just stupid. I'm stupid for going there. Never again. That's for damn sure. <laughs> All right, uh, it's that time of year. What time? Time for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame class to be announced. So this year, we got Kate Bush, Cheryl Crow, Missy Elliott, George Michael, Willie Nelson, Spinners, Rage Against the Machine, DJ Cool Herc, Link Ray, Shaka Khan, Al Cooper, Bernie Taupin, and Don Cornelius. All right. Um. So, yeah, look, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is really, look, it's like the pop music Hall of Fame, basically. It's just that, you know, the popular music, when, you know, not when music became a thing, but when music became like a big media story generating kind of thing, um, was called rock and roll. And the people who were kids back then, you know, became the people who established the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So they called it the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and not the Pop Music Hall of Fame. Or and um which is why you have artists who are not considered, you know, rock musicians getting inducted and it looks been that way for a while but just kind of restating the point here for anyone who cares <laughs> anyway um yeah look i don't look i i'm not familiar with all of these people like al cooper no idea who that is i'm assuming al did something good I'm assuming he did some good stuff um, for somebody <laughs> or for himself or, or, you know, I don't know. Um, I've heard the name Link Ray. Couldn't tell you name one song that Link Ray ever did. Um, Don Cornelius, um, Creative Soul Train, which was the, all intents and purposes, the black counterpart to American Bandstand. Um, Look, there were a lot of black artists that did not get played on American Bandstand at the time. Um, and that's what basically Soul Train was invented for. And it went on for, you know, decades. Uh, he was the creator of it. And Soul Train was an, an avenue which a lot of black artists got exposure, you know, beyond, well, any exposure. <laughs> okay. Um... So him being put in as like a, I guess a contributor or whatever makes perfect sense. Um, Well-deserved. Um, DJ Cool Herc was one of the pioneers of rap music. So he absolutely belongs in there. Um, he's one of the guys that, you know, conceptualized the music form. Um, who helped, you know, create what would eventually turn into rap music as we know it now. Um, George Michael, of course, you know, a great pop artist of the 80s with Wham! and his own solo career. Um, Sheryl Crow, another one of the most successful artists, 90s and 2000s. Um, or... Willie Nelson is Willie Nelson. <laughs> Just the only question is what took so long. Um, same with Shaka Khan, same thing, what took so long. Um, Rage Against the Machine. I mean, if it is, if there's one group or act on this list that is, you know, rock music, it is definitely them. So 
you know, they were one of the great acts of the 2000s. And late, I think they started in the late 90s, but they're one of the great acts of the 2000s. Um, so they definitely, you know, belong. Um, Missy Elliott is what I really want to talk about because I voted for her, you know, in the fan voting thing. I really was concerned that she would not get it. Um, she deserves it. You know, in the, again, the 90s and 2000s, she was huge. Um, she was a pioneer as far as just producing and as an artist. You know, she sang rap. She you know, produced music for a bunch of people. Um, very unique in her style. And... She was somebody that I thought that the Academy, so to speak, um, you know, because she, you know, she's definitely kind of to some folks. Some there are people who would consider her weird or quirky or whatever, and also she's one of those people like. Well, no, she did have a crossover audience. It's just that, um, I don't know. I just, I thought that, I, I really thought that it's kind of people who vote for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame would not recognize her contributions. So I'm very happy that they did. And so congratulations to everyone that's in there. Um, And rock on, everybody. <laughs> that was horrible. But, you know. Anyway. But we're getting old. That's another sign. Because, you know, uh, Missy Elliott was in, was in her heyday when I was a young adult. So now I'm 48. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um, but, look I, already, look, I already went through this when Green Day got in and Public Enemy and, you know, Red Hot Chili Peppers. And now the Foo Fighters got in recently. You know. Well, and so now, yeah, um. Don't worry, kids. One day, when, you know, Drake gets in, you know, and then you feel like me. Okay. Anyhow, that's for the music. Uh, let's move on, and let's rock on. Ah, that was bad. <laughs> so out of the fifty thousand plus comments posted on social, I only saw a handful that even considered the possibility of a bus owner being a more aspirational position and recognizing that I am actually speaking and pouring into the ascension of black men when I said what I said. But see, no, some of y'all were too busy naming and shaming me personally and black women in general as undesirable gold diggers and much worse. Now, I suspect that some of y'all are the same men that were bringing home C's and D's on your report cards, only to then be coddled by parents that said, well, that's okay, as long as you're doing your best. Well, listen, I love and believe in the excellence of black men. So no, my dear, C's and D's or any other form of mediocrity is not okay. No, I will not create a soft place for you or anybody that I love to fall comfortably into the bigotry of low expectations. So I'm gonna say one more time, there's absolutely nothing wrong with driving a bus. My mother Gloria drove one for years. But could it be that black America has been sold a narrative of average, regular, and typical being good enough for us? Hmm. Well, see, that's called white supremacy. And in this case, it takes the form of conditioning black Americans to happily accept being a permanent American underclass. But see, because I know the truth about black folk in America, no, average is not and will never be good enough for me. And the gag is, I don't think it's good enough for you either. Okay, that you, you just heard was from a woman, Ebony Williams. And she got in some flack a week ago because... Um, she said something along the lines of not wanting to date a bus driver. Because basically, you know, if you're a bus driver, <laughs> you're broke boy, you don't make no money for her. Basically. 
or your career, you know, goal or whatever are, are too low for her. Okay. Yeah. Now, um, and she got some heat for that. So she came back and decided, <laughs> well, instead of just simply saying, okay, my bad, or you know what, um, yeah, or something along those lines, she knows she decided to double, triple, quadruple down and, you know, to, to crank it up to 11, <laughs> you know, whatever. Whatever metaphor you want to use for overkill or overdoing it or, or just doing way too much, uh, that's what she did. And oh boy, um, well first, okay. I mean, there does need to be some honesty about the existence of preferences in pe- that people have when they're looking to date someone. Alright, they are real. And preferences are real, people. We all look, we all got things that yeah, we like and things that we don't. They're they're preferences. Right? Um They're things that we prefer. <laughs> right now the thing about it, you know, is that preferring one thing does it mean that you don't want anything to do with, you know, uh, something else, or is it just like, you know, first place in the competition, right? I mean, if you prefer blondes, does that mean that you think you know brunettes are terrible, or does it just mean that you like blondes the most, right? There's a difference. Um, and she decided to go all the way and tell everybody that she thinks being a bus driver is, is whack even though I mean somebody, somebody has to drive the bus <laughs> well if you want them to you put the AI in there and which may seem like a good idea until it goes haywire or until the people the people who used to drive buses are all out of work, um, but okay. I mean, all right, lady, you don't want to date a bus driver, and I can almost guarantee you it's not because they don't make enough money, but it's because you know you don't want to be telling people oh that your boyfriend is a bus driver. Right, well, it, you know that your husband is a bus driver, or that you're going out with some dude that's a bus driver. You don't want to be telling people that. You don't want people to see that. That you don't want people to see you with the bus driver. Okay, because I have no idea what bus drivers make, but I imagine it's a good enough living, depending on where you want to live and all of that. Right? I mean. I mean, I would imagine that the, the people who, the men and women who drive buses, who ultimately leave the profession, um, you know, they have a reason for leaving and then they leave. Uh, the men and women who, you know, make a career out of it and retire as a bus driver, um, will tell you it's a great gig and they were apparently making enough money doing it. So, being embarrassed because I mean, and that's all this is. And then she she goes on this rant about, well, I'm trying to. She said, uh, "Pour into the ascension." What the hell does that even mean? And look, one of the reasons I you know called this the Rob's Genius Podcast and that I use it as a nick, genius as a nickname is is to differentiate myself pretentious idiots like this okay I say that because this woman look I'm sure she thinks she is so smart and so wise and so intelligent and so this and so that and uh she's a moron alright but um okay I mean do people have income preferences yes of course they do yes they do because yeah I mean 
nobody dreams of financially struggling. So, you know, if you're already financially struggling, you don't want to, I mean, taking on, you know, getting together with somebody else who's financially struggling is like double the struggle, <laughs> right? Um, also, if you're not financially struggling, you know, getting together with somebody who is, yeah, can kind of mess up your program, right? Because now you can go from not struggling to struggling because you're with somebody who's struggling, right? I mean, that's real. And there are people who just don't want to do that. Okay, and that's that's their choice to make as long as they are, you know, willing to deal with the consequences and repercussions. As long as, I mean, if you, you know what? I mean, not wanting somebody who makes less than a certain amount of money, it narrows your dating pool, obviously, and it might mean you're alone a lot longer than you want to be. Okay, that. but if you're willing to deal with that, then okay, fine. Just don't go around crying about how lonely you are. Right? Um, but... She didn't say, as far as I know, she she didn't even talk about income. She said bus driver, right? So for her, you know, the profession is the problem, not the not the amount they make. It's you know because <clears throat> there are people who do all types of blue collar work. I do all types of work that is not considered prestigious or what have you. Who make a lot more than you think. Right? So you shouldn't be so quick to, you know, call somebody broke. Because of what they do for a living. Because you don't know how much to make. Unless you looked it up. <clears throat> but it's clear. It seems to me like she's not even doing that. She She's looking down on this dude. Or, for, or you know, potential. Anybody who's a bus driver. She's looking down on you for being a bus driver. And she's basically saying she don't want nothing to do with you because she ain't rocking with no bus drivers. That stinks. <clears throat> um, and all this stuff about, well, it is low expectations. It is actual white supremacy to say that it's okay to be a bus driver. What in the hell? All right, stop it. What, what, what are we doing? What are we doing? Okay. I mean, you know what? Bus driver no good. I guess I would imagine being a custodian is probably no good for her either. Um, you know, no well, I, but, but but about owning the bus company? That's what I'm saying. Um, everybody's not going to own the business. Some people are going to go to work and they're going to work their shift and they're going to come home. Okay. And if if you are that just mental about um, the dude driving a bus for a living again not income but the fact that he drives a bus in fact you got you know you don't want to be sitting there on some little no dinner with some of your highfalutin friends or whatever you know and you don't want to have to introduce you know Fred the bus driver um that's pathetic. <clears throat> it is. Now, look, let me be the first one to say, look, I don't want to, honestly, no. I mean, I would not want to date any woman who is, you know, financially so bad off that it would, you know, it, 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 you know no, I don't. Okay, I got I got limits myself now. I'm 48. I got two kids. I can't, you know what, I, I got, um, and to be honest, I've gotten accustomed to living a certain way all right so i got income preferences yes or and it's not even a number basically for me it's just look, i need you to be take you know you to be financial in a financially sound place and to be taking care of yourself right um that's all um but am i gonna frown on somebody because they're like a i don't know uh a bus driver. What I frown with a, if I met a nice lady who drove a bus, would I be out here like, nah, I ain't dating no one driving no bus? No. 
You know, if I met a nice lady who, you know, or whatever, I mean, you pick a profession. You know. Like, um... And she even mentioned, I think she said her mother drove a bus. Right? I mean, so what's the problem? You know, I mean... That'd be like, my mom was a secretary. That'd be like me saying I can't date a woman who's a secretary. Because, you know, that, that's, that's aiming too low in life. You know, even though my mother was a secretary. Right? I mean... Um... Please. This is just ridiculous. So, Ebony, yeah, I'm gonna be one. I'm gonna say it. There's a reason you're still single, woman. Okay, and it's because you're an idiot. How about that? So no, I would not. If, if Ebony wanted to date me, I'd tell her no. You know why? Because this same attitude would eventually it eventually get around to me some kind of way. They should probably tell me, I'm like, you're, you're just a government worker. You should have started your own consulting company. Yeah, consult days. How about that? <laughs> uh, that, that was from my boy Ray, who's no longer with us. But, um, you know, that, that, was a, <laughs> that was a typical retort to something. She said something really absurd, you know. Um, anyway, yeah, um. So, you know, ladies out there, I perfectly understand you not wanting to date some broke boy. But bus driver does not equal broke. Okay. I mean, bus driver is a noble, is a, yes, it is a noble profession. Driving people around, you got to put people's shit while you're driving. So, yeah. Nothing wrong with that. You know, bus driver, garbage man, whatever, right? Dude makes honest living he takes care of himself he's not gonna be you know mooching off you for money or something you know you should you should give him a chance don't limit yourself and you know if your highfalutin friends are gonna frown on you for a date and a bus driver maybe they're stupid too how about that anyway all right let's move on all right, it's um, Sunday morning, and Saturday there were two shootings, two mass shootings in Texas and a couple places that weren't that far apart from each other. Um, and it seems like this is happening, this or something like this is happening almost every weekend. Or not even every weekend, like every week like every couple of days it seems um and I'm not look I'm not going to go on a long tirade about gun control and this and that and the other um all I'm gonna say is this um, if you want this to stop, we gotta change the laws. We gotta make it harder for people to get guns, and that means you gotta vote people in the office who will do that. Period. End of story. All right. Um, and look, I realize every state, the population is not such that that's going to happen, but. Where it is a possibility. You know, the states where it is a possibility, then we got to do it. Uh, that's, that's okay. I mean, that, that's just what, that's what all it is. Wherever it's a possibility to elect people who will enact tougher gun laws, you need to do it. I need to get the laws changed. Or else, you know, this is going to keep happening. It's going to get worse. 
Um, and the killing is pretty indiscriminate, except for people, I think, except for situations where people target a certain location because it was there. But <clears throat> a lot of these instances, the um, but even then, look, there are people. People get caught with strays, right? Um, that's just all there's to it. Look, you have people in office who are going to change the laws. And because otherwise, more people are going to get killed. And for no reason. And, you know, these right wing politicians, they, they're getting worse and worse. They're throwing their hands up in the air. Now they're saying, well, I think we need, this is happening because we need to pray. Well, you know, look, I believe in God and I believe, of course, that we need to pray about everything. But, um, I think we've already gotten <laughs> what we've been praying for is that we have a, a means to, we have, the, we have the wherewithal to deal with this problem. So we've already gotten whatever it is we'd be praying for. Um, now some of these folks they would tell you that the, you know the problem is that the people's hearts are you know turned bad and you know and look okay <coughs> however bad someone's heart is turned you know the only thing they can kill that many people with is a gun or a bomb okay they can't you know, you can't run into a building of 300 people with a knife and, you know, stab 20 of them in, um, in a minute, right? You can't do that. Or, you know, a baseball bat or, or anything else, right? You, you can't. Yeah, you can only do that type of thing with, with a firearm or a bomb or well, if you drive a truck into the building or something, okay. And, and that's it. <clears throat> Out of those things, the only one that is a necessary thing in our society is the truck. We don't need bombs. We don't need guns in our everyday life. <clears throat> so, if there's something that's not necessary in our everyday life but it can kill a lot of people in a short amount of time then no we don't need it but we got it we got them I mean, I mean, some of these places, these people are going to the damn deli, looking like they're about to, you know, like they should be headed to the OK Corral. Um, <clears throat> and people are feeling less and less safe in all types of public places. I mean, schools have been getting shot up for a while now. Now it's malls, hospitals, you know, churches. But we got changes in office, and I'm just being matter of fact about it because, you know, well, because quite frankly, there's one part of this that is that is entirely in the pocket of the NRA. Now, you know, that's the Republican Party. Now, the Democrats have some people who are bought and paid for also. But the difference is there are far fewer and they can be outvoted. If, if there's a Democrat majority, there's a strong enough Democrat majority <coughs> in Congress, they can be outvoted. But there's no hope with these right-wing Republican politicians. So you have to vote them out. 
that means look, there's some other issue that's, that's you know, where maybe the Democrats' stance that's bothering you or something, then you need to hold your nose and vote for them anyway. All right, I mean, if, if people are getting slaughtered with guns, and if, if you're going to get hung up on what, what bathroom people are using, then <clears throat> I got nothing for you. Okay? Um, if you're going to get hung up on, you know, whether, you know, what, what the marginal tax rate is while people are getting slaughtered out in the street, then I got nothing for you. Okay? I don't. Best thing you can do is shut the hell up about everything. Okay? If, if, you know, if you're still in 2023 talking about, you know, 5G from COVID vaccines. And I don't want to hear you say a damn thing about, you know, people being killed with guns. Um, look, domestically right now, that is the number one problem in this country. Okay? Right now. And it can happen anywhere. You are not safe. And you keep thinking it won't happen to you. Just wait. You can. Okay? You can get it too. And the answer is not to arm yourself because, again, please, you know, <clears throat> when, when, when they kill a guy after the fact, that's not a win, okay, because they already killed a bunch of people. And, and you know, some people folk this idea, well, you need to get your own. And you need to be ready, and you, you need to be ready to take people out you know, if they come at you. Well, you know, we live in a very prejudiced and racist society that deems people to be threats for no reason at all. For simply walking down the street outside, you know, outside their own house, people get deemed to be threats. So, yeah, I mean, the idea of everybody being armed, no, that's, that's ridiculous. So, um, look, there's no other way out of this. There really isn't. And, you know, so those of you, if you are in, if you live somewhere where there's an opportunity to change the laws, but you're not voting for people who will, then... Then, then you bear some of the front of responsibility here. And end the story. I mean, you know, what's more important to you than people getting slaughtered everywhere they go? You know, randomly. Well, I say random, not because what well, fall into the purposes. I mean, it is, by our measures, it is random because we don't know what these people are thinking before they do it. I mean, obviously they know, but we don't. We don't know who it is is going to go into what place and start doing this. So for us, it is random. Um, random means it can happen to you. <coughs> so... That's all I got. All right. Um. So we're almost a week away from Jordan Neely becoming a story. I might be a little, a little over a week by now. But for those not familiar, Jordan Neely was killed on the uh, subway train in New York. Um, he was asking for food, and he was saying he's having, he, you know, and I guess he was being loud, and I don't know. 
but um, and the guy and I don't have the guy's name in front of me, but put him in chokehold, fifteen minutes, killed him, and you know, as the story has progressed, the video come out of people, of the people telling him, or somebody on the train telling him, hey man, okay, let him go, and he didn't stop. He has not been arrested yet. And the media try to keep the guy's name out of the news. Okay, the guy who killed him is Daniel Penny. That's his name. And we the only reason we know his name is because um, I think it was one of the British tabloids, I believe. You know, when they were talking about the story, they just printed it. Because, you know, they don't care. And, whereas, the local media in New York City, the, you know, American news media, they, our media was not going to tell us. The local media kept his name under wraps. You know, the national media was not pursuing it, it seems. Or if they had it, they were keeping it under wraps also. Um, and now it turns out his um, dad was NYPD. So it's very possible or even likely that dad got some strings, got some strings were being pulled to keep his name under wraps. Until you know the British tabloids just blurted it out, which was what exactly what should have been done here. This man is not some protected, you know, citizen or something. So I'm not going to try to go too long here because I just don't want to ramble. But the fact that our media and the elected officials in New York City were going to keep his name under wraps as long as they possibly could is disgusting. It's also disgusting that people here are just trying justifying him being killed because he was on the subway and he was making noise and apparently he didn't I mean um and some people felt uncomfortable. Sorry, there there are like loud people who are saying all types of things on the subway every day in every major city around the world, or at least in America, because you know a lot of those some of the, some of those people are homeless and and they're homeless because of our policies as a society here, but but even that I mean. There are people who get on the subway and they start preaching. There are people who get on the subway and they start singing. Um, no, this guy, okay, he was making people feel... Yeah, I mean, yes. Okay, but, he, but that doesn't mean you choke him out. I mean, you kill him. Okay, if he makes you that uncomfortable, then at the next stop, get off and go to the next car. Or hop off and then wait for the next one. I've done that, okay? And to be perfectly honest, and I'll be first one to admit that I've probably prejudged some people in some cases. Okay. But what I did was I got off the train. Alright. I'll take any fault for prejudging people. But the action I took was I got off the train. That's what you're supposed to do. Okay. 
There are people who say no big deal, keep it moving. And then there are people who get really uncomfortable with certain things. And you know what you do? You get off the train. Okay. And while, you know, police responding to mental health issues is problematic, I mean, if you want to go further than getting off the train, you contact the police. It's better than taking matters into your own hands and choking the man out until he's dead. Alright. It is. And now some people bring it, well, he's been arrested 40 times. Who cares? Okay. He did not deserve to get choked out. That's not a good solution to whatever problem it was he was causing. And it is wrong for him to keep the man who killed him to keep his killer's name out of the news. Okay, that man is not some official. He was not acting in any type of official capacity. Even though then that would still be overstepping his bounds. But still, he was not acting. No, he, he was not, you know, employed as a military action. He was not a law enforcement of any kind. And again, that, it would be wrong for them to have done it also. But he is not somebody where you, where the, a, a media cover-up should have been instituted. So just figure it all around here. And I just got to add, you know, if, if you think that the solution to somebody being, you know, loud on the subway who, who, you know, may have some other issues going on. If you think the solution is to choke them out for 15 minutes until they are dead. Then you are. Every bit of the animal that you think that person is. You can quote me on that. All right, I can keep going, but that's about as much coherent, you know, um, concise thought as I have to offer here. Okay, Jordan Neely should still be with us. Daniel Penny, fuck you. Not that. All right, one more thing before we go. Um, the uh, WGA strike is going on now, so... So, well, or they're about to strike. Well, they're actually already on the picket line. So, yes, they are striking. Um, WGA are the Writers Guild of America. They write all the TV shows and all the movies. Um, and basically, they're going on strike because the studios don't want to pay them. Um, and they haven't and let's be clear they have not been paying them right um, they don't they and you know, Hollywood accounting is real and it is fraudulent well it's real and fraudulent it's real fraudulent <laughs> um you know, a couple of writers have explained just how it works. Um, that they keep working. Um, they employ, studios will employ somebody as an accountant for, you know, to, to basically just do nothing but just to be there and but they'll have them assigned to working on a certain film because as long as there's work being done on the film that somebody's getting paid for then they don't close the account on the film and they you know they can't declare 
a profit or loss. And as long as that is not settled, they don't have to pay the writers the residuals. So they just do that in perpetuity. Uh, this one particular writer was a writer on Men in Black, which came out in 1997. Okay. 26 years ago. And he still is not getting paid his residuals for it. Um, because they have not, the studio has not closed the account on the film. They still, they still have guys basically working a dummy job, you know, doing quote unquote work on the film or whatever. And therefore they don't have to declare profit or loss and they don't have to pay the residuals to the writers and see, um, that's how it works. After 26 years of working on this, on what was a blockbuster film, which made a whole lot of money, both at the box office and on DVDs and, you know, etc. This The writer is still not getting paid. What he's, everything he's supposed to get paid. Like, he's supposed to get a um, certain number of, like, points. You know, um, which is basically like a percentage based on how much it makes or whatever. And he's supposed to get a certain amount of points based on the profits, but because there is still quote-unquote work being done on the movie, or in regards to the movie, it has not been declared, you know, profitable yet, even though we know it has made big profit, but it has not been officially declared profitable yet, and therefore they don't have to pay him his points. Okay, and now, you know, in the streaming world, um, Things need to be, you know, refigured because box office receipts are not what they once were. You know, and DVD sales, well now, and DVD sales have just completely gone the way of the buffalo, as Coach Thompson would have said. So support the writers, even though it means some stuff that you might be waiting to see is probably going to take a little longer. Alright, this is the last minute to throw in here before we get up out of here. Um, just getting back on the um, the whole dating thing. Uh, there was a tweet out there, the woman complaining that she was out with a man and he kind of tensed up when he saw her order a $28 drink. <laughs> and yeah, me and uh, man Brooklyn, I had, you know, chatted about it for a few seconds. And um, it's funny, man. Um, like I'm not one to order a $28 drink. Um and I don't know how I would feel right if I was taking a woman out and she did and she did that cuz right cuz look I I look I'm bound by some of those same preconceived notions that you know um $28 is a lot to pay for a drink. And if you if you're buying somebody lunch or dinner, and they order a twenty eight dollar drink, it it, it it looks like they're trying to get over. <laughs> now when I was married, you know, um, look at me and my then wife had gone out, and she ordered a twenty eight dollar drink. It'd be no big deal, right? But if you're taking somebody out on the first date, <coughs> and they order a twenty eight dollar drink, yeah, you might be a little bit like, oh, come. <laughs> like, um, Alrighty then. Um, but you have to like not, you know, like you shouldn't be obvious about it, right? And you gotta, you know, you gotta, you, you gotta visibly, you know, not show any signs that it's a problem. But is it one of those things that might get you thinking? Well, yeah. <clears throat> well, it depends on, obviously, depends on your income level and station in life and all of that, right? I mean, if I'm some, you know, millionaire businessman or something no i wouldn't care but us you know regular working folk i mean you know 28 dollars for a drink even though even if we're at one of those restaurants where stuff costs more right i mean you know um yeah now <laughs> brother um i gotta say this though 
don't take the woman to a restaurant with $28 drinks if her ordering a $28 drink is an act, is a real actual problem. <clears throat> okay. Because in this woman's case, it was, you know, it gave her the impression that she was out with a, with a broke, broke boy. Right. And, not, <laughs> and that was a bad impression that the man had made on her. Right. Because... Look, I mean, again, going back to the bus driver thing, is reality that money is important. Yes, it is. Okay, and you know, hooking up with somebody who makes your financial situation worse, you know, is not ideal. Okay, that doesn't mean you know. Look, if you're struggling and I'm struggling and we struggle together, okay. Right, but if you're doing really well, and I'm a financial liability, then no, I can't blame you for for not wanting to get with me. And because I mean, it's real. Money affects your life. It affects what you can do. Right? If if somebody is, you know got a nice house and has a nice car and they go on trips and all that type of stuff when they feel like it when they're single and then you know they get with somebody and then they they can't afford to do that anymore because of you know, that because now that other person's bad finances have you know come into the equation then that's going to breed resentment and all that kind of stuff right i mean so you need to be, I mean, you need to be real about that. You need to be honest about that. And that's regardless of what they do for a living, right? The, my thing with the, with the bus driver lady was that she seemed to be more, you know, mortified or whatever about the occupation than the income. Right? I mean... But the income is real, and how more important how you manage your income versus what you spend is real. And if that person, and you know, being with somebody who is a liability, and by liability I don't mean today, well they only make forty grand. No, I don't, or only they only make twenty grand. No, that's all. That's not what I mean by liability. Liability means that. <coughs> Well, just what I said. It means that, okay, I can no longer do stuff that I used to be able to do when I was single because I'm with you. Okay? That's a liability. All right? Not just simply, oh, you don't make no money. Right? I mean, If you don't make no money, that's really not that big of a deal if you don't have a bunch of, you know, debts and stuff dragging you away and on you. Or if you don't have, like, bad habits, right? It just means that, hey, there's one more person in my house and, you know, we got to buy some more food. You know, I mean, or, and that's all it means. Or, you know, I mean, okay. I mean, because everything else, like, look, if you went to the movies by yourself, if we both went to the movies by ourselves before, and now we're going together, we're still spending the same money. Or the same amount of money. Right? Um, <coughs> but, um, $28 drinks. Like, I mean, look, if we go to, you know, to, um, <laughs> Fridays or something, and, you know, and you get a twenty-eight dollar drink. I'm gonna be like, well, alrighty then. But at the same time, that's on me. Um, you know, I it, we gotta think a little bit broader though, right? I mean, again, don't take her to the to the, the restaurant with the twenty-eight dollar drinks if you can't afford for her to get a twenty-eight dollar drink, or if you're gonna be like, what are you doing if she orders a twenty-eight dollar drink? Now, I think personally, think I think twenty-eight dollars is too much to pay for a drink unless you're just going to some rich person restaurant where everything costs too much but if you can get a $10 drink I don't see why you get a $28 drink it's because I don't think a $28 drink is $18 better to be honest 
not based on my experience. Look, look, ain't no different than you go to go to McDonald's, you go to Five Guys, get a burger. The Five Guys burger costs a lot more, and it ain't a lot more better. <laughs> okay, it ain't. So I'm gonna go to the, um, you know, I I go to the McDonald's and get the McDonald's burger because the the difference in quality ain't worth the difference in the price. So that's how I, you know that's why I'm with twenty eight dollar drinks and all that stuff. But um, it's just it's a funny story because my man was like, "You twenty eight dollar drink," and then she was like, "Are oh, you broke ass?" <laughs> Oh, babe, it's funny. So, so live and learn, both of y'all. <laughs> All right, that's it. All right, now we're going to get out of here. All right, well, uh, that's it. Sorry, I on a somber note there. Um, well, let's, 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 let's lighten it up a little bit on the way out. Um, so I did go to see the Guardians of the Galaxy movie, and it was excellent, and... Um, man, that thing will that thing will rip your heart out, though. I mean, I mean, you know, a little spoiler. I mean, it did ultimately have a happy ending and all, but there was just a really emotional story. Um, and this one was about Rocket, you know, the raccoon. <laughs> you know, for those of you who are familiar, um. You know, the previous films were more about, you know, um, Star-Lord, you know, his lineage, history, whatever. Um, in Infinity War, of course, there was a lot. The Gamora's story was told. Um, Nebula's story has been told along the way. You know, like a lot of it was in the second film a lot of it was about her and her story and history um <clears throat> you know we've you know Drax's story he's he's told bits of his story along the way um but this one was about you know Rocket and his whole history and um it was man it was pretty gut-wrenching in a good way you know um and so this is the final movie in that trilogy it is um so of course i mean it's the last time we will see that group together on you know as, as the guardians of the galaxy on film um now we know we will see some of them the characters you know doing other things in other places but um i won't spoil you know who's going where but um it was a good way to close up the story of these folks you know working as a group and it was about family and um <coughs> look i think well, you shouldn't be concerned about you know, the health of the MCU anyway, but if you were, then this was a good reminder that it is in good hands and it is fine. Um, you know, a few movies here or there that are not received as well or that even in one that even underperforms is, is not a warning sign of any kind. Um... This this was really good and I highly recommend it. And with that, now we shall move on. Um so it is May. Um as of this recording is May eighth, in five days. The host of this show, me, <laughs> will be turning forty nine. Yeah, I'm old. <laughs> old maybe well, not really, but I'm old enough for some of you who are listening to be my children, possibly. But, um, God willing, be back next episode to celebrate 49. 
And I thank all of you, you know, anyone who's been here with me for the first 48. Thank you. Um, I thank all of you who've been here with me for the last three years on this journey. And um, with that, I will bid adieu. And uh, as always, guys, you know, take care of each other. Take care of yourselves. God bless you guys. Talk to you next time.